So we're saved by grace through faith, but we're expected to do good works for God in response to his grace. And when we do good things, well done, good and faithful servant, there will be rewards that are given to us. This is Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. Our culture sure does like rewards. We get rewards for shopping at the same store, using our credit cards, and even frequent flyer miles. But what is greater than all of these rewards? Today, David takes a look at the rewards we are promised in God's Word. Here's David with the first part of his message, Rewarder. Good to have all of you here today. We are looking at even though blank, and all of us have our blanks, the stuff that's just devastated our hearts, God is still for me, Romans 8, 31. And we're looking during Israel's captivity in Babylon for those 70 long, hard years, God made promises to them. And he said he would be their restorer, their redeemer, today the rewarder, and next week the rebuilder. Let's move into God is our rewarder. Uh, In that captivity, especially as we've seen in Jeremiah 31, God makes the promises to be Israel's restorer, uh, their redeemer, last week's message, and today their rewarder. And not only in Jeremiah 31, but throughout the Bible, God promises to be our rewarder. So from Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 16, God's promise to Israel in the captivity, thus says the Lord, keep your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. For there is a, what folks? A reward for your work, declares the Lord. And they shall come back from the land of the enemy. Promise, I'll restore you to the promised land and there will be a reward for your work, for your faithfulness. Let's look at some other passages together. Matthew 25, 21. Jesus, after teaching the parable of the talents, our stewardship over the gifts he gives us, His master said to him, well done, good and, what's that word? Faithful servant. Keep that in mind. It's an essential part of today's message. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Uh, Matthew 16, 27, Jesus said, for the son of man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Hebrews eleven six. and without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he, what folks, rewards those who seek him. Some translations have who diligently seek him. And Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So I've tried to emphasize that faith is determined largely by our understanding of the character of God in this series. And we've seen again God as a restorer, God as a redeemer, taking us out of the captivities of our lives. Today God is a rewarder. Uh, that God rewards those who diligently seek after him. Well done, good and faithful servant. Not well said, not well acted. Well done, good and faithful servant. So it appears that Jesus and the scripture teach that rewards here and in heaven are greatly determined by our choices here on earth. It implies that God is our employer. In fact, look at this whole idea of the definition of God as rewarder, something given for a good thing done, a service rendered, a merit earned, a paycheck, 
or recompense. The whole idea of reward is something that's given for some work well done. And again, it implies God as an employer, uh, someone who asks us to oversee his assets that he has loaned us on this side of eternity. And there seems to be rewards promised us here and in heaven. Now, I need to give you this parenthesis very quickly that there is a huge biblical difference in the definitions of gift and reward. A gift is what we receive from God in salvation through Jesus Christ. We are saved by, our, uh, by his grace, not by our works. Uh, only by grace are we saved, and it has nothing to do with our works. That's a free gift from God through Jesus Christ. But the understanding of rewards does imply works. So we're saved by grace through faith, but we're expected to do good works for God in response to his grace. And when we do good things, well done, good and faithful servant, again, not well thought out, well, um, but well felt, but well done, good and faithful servant, there will be rewards that are given to us. Now, the idea of rewards is attached to obedience. It should incentivize believers to be faithful to what God has called us to do. Well done, good and faithful servant. So when we do right things for God, when we obey what he commands us to do, when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, when we desire to live light rightly, we can expect God to give us rewards. Now, it's not putting God into our debt, but it's a part of natural order. I've taught you before that free will, human choice is the greatest gift that God has given to any of us. It is what differentiates us from the animals. Animals cannot choose to worship God. They cannot choose to obey his moral law. But God has given us his love, and love can only exist within the context of human choice. So when we choose to love and express that love through obedience to God, the Bible clearly teaches that we can expect God to give us his rewards. Now where? First of all, here. Secondly, in heaven. Let's look, first of all, here on earth. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. That if we continue to sow seeds of righteousness and goodness and obedience to God, we can expect at some time here on earth some kind of reaping if we just don't give up if we persevere and continue to do what God tells us to do. In Mark, the 10th chapter, in verses 28 and 29, Peter was struggling with this whole idea of rewards here. So he goes to Jesus and he asks this question. He says, Jesus, we've given up farms, houses, parents, friends in order to follow you. Here's this question. What's in it for me? Jesus' answer in verse 30, Peter, no one who has left farms and houses and family and friends to follow me will not receive a 100-fold reward here on earth. Mark 10, 30. And then persecution. Don't forget that. We'll come back to that a little later on. But Jesus promised Peter that faithfulness and obedience receives a reward here. 
In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, Paul writes these words. He says, children, honor your mother and father. He's repeating the fourth commandment. Honor, which means prize, value, treasure, obey your moms and dads. This is the first commandment with a promise. And the promise is you'll live long in the land. So there is the natural earthly reward. Children, if you honor your moms and dads, you'll live long in the land. It is the first commandment with a promise. Now, not every child who obeys mom and dad lives long lives. There are some exceptions. But generally speaking, children who have honorable parents who love God and then rightly teach them God's truths, and then those children obey their parents and honor them in their obedience, they can expect, because they've learned how to live life through their parents, to live long in the land. It's, it's a general assumption. It's a general truth. It came home to me recently after the Charleston shootings where the white guy went in and shot up nine African-Americans in an African-American church in Charleston, South Carolina. I wanted to understand better what African-Americans feel like as they live in our culture. So I asked them to come together and I asked this question. Tell me what it's like to be African-American in this culture. And dear friends, I got an earful. I opened the door and I listened intently. One of the gentlemen shared this story with me, how he had been pulled over several times by the police in racial profiling. He said one time he was pulled over, yanked out of his car, thrown on the ground, cuffed with his hands behind his back, his face in the dirt for several minutes, till finally one of the police officers came and shone a flashlight in his face and said, hey, it's not him. So they uncuffed him, he got up, and they started to walk away. Well, being a, a little bit upset by what had just happened, as you can imagine, he said to the police officer who particularly threw him on the ground and cuffed him, um, excuse me, um, don't you want to say something to me? And the police officer stopped, took a couple steps toward him, angrily looking at him and said, what'd you say, boy? And the young man said, um, I, I just thought maybe you might want to say I'm sorry. And the policeman started to unbuckle his holster on his gun and said, what'd you say, boy? And at that point, my friend remembered the words of his father. Honor those in authority who are over you. Give them respect, even if you're unjustly treated. So he said, nothing, sir, nothing. And the police officer turned and went, okay, walked away. And he said to me, I'm convinced. I'm probably alive today because I honored the teachings of a godly good father. So generally, there's a truth that all of us need to understand that when we honor our moms and dads, generally, there's long life that's given to us because we've learned the right way to live. That's what Paul was trying to teach. There's a, a law of reciprocity that exists in the world. It's basically this. As you give out, that's most likely what you'll get back. 
And as you live righteously, choose to obey the God, the God of this universe, you can expect many of his blessings, like an answered prayer. Our answered prayers might be, in some cases, directly attributable to our questing after righteousness. I believe that angelic presence come as we seek to follow God with all our heart. I'll never forget years ago when Marilyn and I were driving in Orlando, Florida in the night, and Bethany was just a baby in the back seat of the car, sound asleep in a torrential downpour. Uh, the car started to waver just a bit and, and slide into the next lane. It started hydroplaning actually a little bit. And this huge 18-wheeler was coming down upon the car and had no ability to stop. And literally, I felt something grab hold of the wheel, turn it back to the left, and get me back into that plane. And the, tr and the truck whizzed by, and we were in safety. I believe with all of my heart to this day, there was an angelic presence that grabbed hold of that wheel because God knew there was still work for me, Marilyn, and Bethany, and future children and grandchildren yet to do. I believe that there are rewards here that God gives us because we seek him. And that's what Hebrews eleven six says, that the essence of faith is not only just to believe that he exists, but there are rewards for those who diligently seek him. Jesus said it this way in Matthew, the fifth chapter, blessed are the merciful. Now, who are people who are full of mercy? The word mercy is not giving somebody what they deserve. For those of us who know Christ, he's been merciful to us. We're not going to hell. We deserve hell in our rebellion against him, but his death on the cross accepts our forgiveness so that we don't get what we deserve. So blessed, Jesus said, are those who don't give people what they deserve when they step on our toes. Have any of you had anybody step on your toes, not literally but figuratively, hurt you in any way? Of course you have, as have I. And Jesus said, when you extend mercy to them, not giving them what they deserve, when that day comes that you step on somebody's toes and you hurt somebody, you'll be given mercy like you gave mercy out. It's the law of reciprocity. What you give out eventually comes back to you. If you give out righteousness, if you obey God, rewards then come back to you here first. But secondly, also in heaven. In heaven. The Bible actually talks more about our heavenly rewards than our earthly rewards. Um, basically, the truth is God will give us extensive rewards in heaven for our faithfulness here. Uh, let me give you this truth again. You can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. You came into this world buck naked. You're going to leave this world buck naked. You can't take it with you but you can send it ahead. Say it with me. You can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. It's a truth of the scripture. We can build up for ourselves rewards in heaven. Uh, Jesus taught it over and over again. Let me give you a few examples concerning money. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 19 through 21, Jesus said, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths can eat them and rust can erode them and thieves can steal them. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. The implication is you can't take money with you, but you can send it away. There's a way to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Uh, in Matthew, the sixth chapter, in the verses earlier, in verses 1 through 18, Jesus teaches three spiritual disciplines. They should be a part of all of our lives. He begins each one with a when, not if. He said, for example, when you give money to the poor, we are 
especially to have a heart for the poor if we follow Jesus. When you give money to the poor, don't do so publicly so that everybody can see you and you can receive gratuitous praise from people. But rather, Jesus said, go into a secret place and give to the poor. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, but your Father who sees in secret. Do you believe that the Father in heaven sees everything? He does. The Father who sees in secret, Jesus said, will reward you. Second discipline, not only when you give, but when you pray. When you pray. God in Jesus expects us to pray. When you pray, don't parade yourself publicly like the Pharisees do who hire trumpeteers to blow their trumpets to draw attention to their prayers. By the way, in case you didn't know, that's from where we get the phrase, tooting your own horn. (laughs) Don't be like that, Jesus said. When you pray, go into your secret place and your Father who sees in secret For those of you who watch pornography and you think nobody sees, what a lie. Your father who sees in secret will reward you if you pray in secret. And then if you fast, when you fast, there are times to fast from things in order to draw attention to the spiritual side of life. When you fast, Jesus said, don't be like the Pharisees who mope around with sad faces and draw attention to themselves, but keep a joyful face And trust me, because your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This whole idea of rewarding from Jesus is talked about over and over again uh, by the apostles too. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 10 says that one day everything on earth is going to be destroyed by fire. By flood and water with Noah, but at the end of the world, by fire. Scorched earth policy from God. Everything. You know, this earth is going to ultimately be our home. When Jesus comes back, he is coming back, by the way, you know that? When he comes back, he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And I think fire is going to give new nutrients to the soil and allow this place to prosper like God originally intended in the Garden of Eden. Listening to Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. Coming up, David and I dig into one of his Davidisms. We'll be right back. What does the Bible tell us about the end times? The Bible is a book about soteriology, your salvation, redemption, and eternal life. David Chadwick has made an informative video called The End Time Prophecies. From Genesis all the way through the book of Revelation, God's Word is revealing facts about the times we live in, as well as the second coming of Jesus Christ. We would love to give this video to you as a resource to equip you to help you understand the history and prophecies of the second coming found in the Old Testament. In this video, David covers the validity of Scripture, Jesus' first coming, and how we can have faith in His second coming. This video is a compelling account of the foundation of the Christian faith. To receive your free copy of this video, go to momentsofhopechurch.org listener. Again, go to momentsofhopechurch.org listener for your free copy of this informative, educational video from David Chadwick. End Time Prophecies from David Chadwick. Get yours for free today. 
Thanks for listening to Moments of Hope. I'm Jen Houston, and with me is our pastor, David Chadwick. David, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure, Jen. Always good being with you. Well, in one of your morning e-devotions, you recently wrote about how civilizations cycle through their view of sin. What do you mean by this? Well, this comes from my dad. Uh, He was such a wise man. He's been dead now about 10 years, but I still remember so much of what he taught me. And this is one of his favorite sayings, three words that describe the decline of most every civilization that's ever existed. Abhor, endure, and embrace. Mm -hmm. Over and over again, he would say those three words to explain the insidious decline of most every civilization that's ever existed. Again, abhor, endure, embrace. These three steps of downward spiral in most every civilization. First, a civilization abhors sin. It stands against what is morally wrong and evil. It seeks to stop sin from recurring. It defines sin as sin and evil as evil. Mm -hmm. Next, it then endures sin. It starts to put up with it, looks the other way and winks instead of trying to make sin cease. And finally, it embraces sin. It calls what is evil good and what is good evil. That's directly from Isaiah 5.20 when Isaiah prophesied against the Israelite civilization in decline. Sin, which would have once been shocking, now becomes accepted, welcomed, applauded, and people then glory in their shame. Paul used that to describe the Roman civilization in Philippians 3, 19. They actually hardly approve of what they should be ashamed of. Paul restates that in his letter to the Romans in chapter 1. In the book of Judges, everyone did what was right in their own eyes, and it became the darkest days of Israel's history, Judges 21-25. There was no king, no moral authority, and evil abounded. In fact, Jen, 19 of the 22 major world's civilizations have been destroyed from, not without, but from? Within? Within themselves. Wow. That's 19 worldwide incidents throughout history repeating itself. Hmm. We must all hate sin, but then love God and obey His will from the heart. It's the only way for a civilization to survive and the only possible way to stop the vicious cycle my dad taught me and I'm now teaching to you folks over and over again, abhor, endure, embrace, and sadly, Jen, I'm fearful that America has now moved into that third cycle. Mm. We're now embracing sin. We're calling what is evil good and good evil. Mm -hmm. God have mercy on our nation. Well, it's true. And that's something that I I came to mind as you're sharing here is we really are embracing this. And I almost feel like a sense that the church should lament over this. Like, what do we do? We need to recognize it, sober up and realize we're not just watching a movie reel. This is what's happening in our culture. And you have churches now calling evil good and justifying it and where there should be a prophetic resounding voice from the pulpits throughout America saying this is sin, you have compromising going on. And as a result, the only natural step is for God to judge our nation. That's why I pray for revival Mm -hmm. and for people to come to grips with their sin and then the holiness of God and then a call to repentance. Mm -hmm. That means change your life, walk in a different direction. When that happens, 
we can have hope again. May it be. Thank you so much for your thoughts today. And everyone, if you'd like to receive a daily moment of hope from me, please go to momentsofhopechurch.org. You can subscribe there. They'll arrive in your inbox every morning at 7 a.m. They're free of charge. My gift to you to give you daily a moment of hope. This has been Moments of Hope with David Chadwick, Senior Pastor of Moments of Hope Church. Today's message is from our online worship service, and you can be a part of our service each Sunday morning at both 9 and 11 o'clock by going to momentsofhopechurch.org. And while you're online, be sure to check out David's weekly Hopecast. It's free and available through our website. Also, be sure to check out David's End Times Prophecy video. It's free for our listeners. Just go to momentsofhopechurch.org backslash listener. For David and the entire Moments of Hope Church staff, this is Jen Houston asking you to pray for the success of the COVID-19 vaccine.